Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Do you know how to calculate the exact amount you need to charge your clients in order to earn 20% profit on that project? It's simple to do if you know how. Learn how by downloading our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, today at entrearchitect.com slash free course. Hello, my name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business so you can be a better architect. This is episode 221, and this week, we're talking about the commoditization of the architect and how to fix it with Jeff Eccles of Revenue Path Group. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at rcat.com. And FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. Jeff Eccles, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. Appreciate uh, the opportunity. Yeah, it's good to have you back here. Uh, let me introduce you to those who may not know who you are. Jeff Eccles is Managing Principal of AEC Services over at Revenue Path Group, RPG. RPG is a company that integrates the latest applications in brain science, which is pretty cool, with their proprietary persuasion-based persuasion messaging model. 
and creative solutions to help organize uh, organizations leverage their stories and drive superior results. So he's talking to companies about the things that they do and the stories they can tell and leverage that and and applying that. We're going to get into this a little bit, applying the brain science behind all of that on how they can have more results. Uh, Jeff has a unique ability to dr- uh, drill to the heart of an organization's purpose and use that fire to forge messaging that not only wins more work, but guides the entire organization. In times of velocity and uncertainty, Jeff's unique experience earned over more than two decades in the architecture industry is a calming force that helps leaders understand how to win in today's highly competitive arena by activating their prospects to make better and faster decisions. And Jeff has shared his humorous and lively speaking style, and you'll see that here in our episode, in venues ranging from conference rooms to council chambers to regional and even national convention stages. And he's even had the opportunity to speak at an IndyCar factory, which is awesome. I'd like to do that. He's from Indianapolis. He's also been here before, so you may recognize his name. He's an active member in the Entree Architect community. He was here at the podcast at episode 140, How to Use Your Story to Find the Work You Want. So go check that out. That's all about building your story to market your firm. Uh, Episode 140, slash episode 140. Jeff is an architect. He's a storyteller. He's a facilitator at Entree Architect Academy. So thank you for that. And Jeff's a friend. So I appreciate you being here, Jeff. It's always a pleasure, Mark. Let's let's start the way we always start. You already t- had your origin story back in episode 140, but why don't you sort of update us, remind people who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you are, and uh, and sort of update us on where you are today. Okay. Well, uh, so origin story-wise, um, I guess I was born a large boy child a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> I told my son that's how he should start all of his uh, speeches when he's nervous. Um but uh, but like Mark said, I've I grew up in architecture. Uh, I've got family members in in the AEC world. I studied architecture in school. Have a couple degrees in architecture, and you know, like like the uh, bio said, a couple of decades in the industry. So I mean, that makes me sound old. But about uh, 22, 23 years working in firms, and I like to say it, no fault of my own, my career always kind of veer towards the marketing and management side of the business that is architecture. Uh, people would recognize some particular skill or, or aptitude there and, and pull me over. And, and eventually that led to positions like director of marketing, director of business development, things like that. So in the past uh, seven, eight, maybe 10 years now, I've been talking about Marketing for architects have been talking about brand storytelling, business storytelling. And recently I had the opportunity to join the, uh, as Mark said, Revenue Path Group, RPG. And it, it was kind of a, a unique culmination because when I met this Brian Gray, the CEO at Revenue Path Group, he was talking about the brain science aspect that uh, Mark mentioned and so basically, the, the way I think about it, the way I look at it is that I've been talking about business or brand storytelling for a number of years. And I would always talk about you've got to be telling your story in a way that resonates with people, with your ideal customer, your ideal client. And there's a reason that stories resonate. You know, it's because of your brain. Your brain's 
hardwired to understand and, and connect with story. Well, Brian and, and Brian Gray and RPG Revenue Path Group, they're basically talking about the same thing. We, we'd never met before, but they're talking about the same thing, except that they start at the other end of the spectrum. They were starting at the, the brain science end, the neuroscience reason that the storytelling works. You know, this is, this is why story uh, registers with your brain. So we were talking about the same things, coming at it from opposite ends of the spectrum. And then, then we met at a nexus somewhere in the middle. So it was a great opportunity for me to join that group and to lead the AEC efforts for for rpg it's kind of turning into alphabet soup there but <laughs> but um but that's really it it's an opportunity for me to take all the mess all the messaging i've been talking about all the all the storytelling that i've been talking about and take it to a whole new level bring it out back out to the marketplace with a support team behind me and and really focus on helping uh, you know, it, it is AEC, so it's more than architects, architects, engineers, construction firms, but but really help architects succeed, you know, help them tell their story in a way that helps them win more work. And that's that's really the bottom line. So before you moved to to uh, RPG, you were uh, an independent consultant, essentially, right? You were working for right. companies as a consultant. Right. And um, so how is your position different now? What, what are you, what are you doing there at um, RPG uh, on a daily basis? Like what's your role there? Yeah. Uh, so, so this will be interesting to the entree architect uh, community, I think, because like a lot of the small architects in the audience that are wearing the 17 hats, yeah. the, you know, the proverbial 17 hats, that's what I did. You know, I was a, like you said, I was an independent consultant I had some retainer clients, some project-based clients, et cetera. And, you know, then I would have to do my bookkeeping. I would have to do my own marketing and, and all those things that, that go along with um, running your own business. And so when I was approached by RPG, the opportunity is basically I get to manage the uh, AEC division. And I've got this team around me. And there are other divisions in the company. There are other there are other uh, areas that they focus on. You know, financial services and and others that uh, are over my head. But our, the opportunity at RPG really gives me the ability to take off a lot of those hats. You know, so maybe now I only wear four hats on the day to day basis. Uh, a, a big focus is starting with delivering this message, talking about. Uh, commoditization of architects talking about how storytelling and brain science can help architects win more work. And, and right now my focus is taking, taking a presentation called commodity is as commodity does out around the country. So that that's really sort of the start of my marketing strategy for, for RPG here going forward. Um, so looking for those types of opportunities, also working with existing clients that we have around the country on, you know, on the project work that we're doing for them and basically making sure that everybody in our organization that's dealing with AEC has what they need, you know, that, that I'm supporting them as, as they support me. So that's the day to day is, it's really varied. It's, it's very much like when I was on my own, but the big, the, the great big difference that I really appreciate is having the team around me so I can take you know, 13 of the 17 hats off or something like that and, 
and really focus on my strengths. Yeah, and you and you'll be you'll have more time to focus on that message that that you're presenting, um, because I think commoditization is one of those things that at every level of the profession, whether you're a sole practitioner all the way up to the corporate firms, we're feeling that. You know, we're feeling that commoditization of 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 architecture and the services we're having uh, that, that we provide, um, and it makes it very difficult to practice, right? And 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 on top of that, we are creatives. You know, we have this other level of of creativity that we also want to achieve as architects, and so we all feel that. And I think we all struggle with that. So how do we how do we solve that problem? I'm assuming that's the that's the the talk that you're giving. I haven't heard you give that talk, so I don't know the content of it. But I think it's a it's a very important subject, and I'd love to dive into that a little bit here today. How how do we sort of counter that problem that we have what's causing it first of all and then what do we do to fix it i i think it's a huge problem it's the reason that the presentation was developed in the first place was all these conversations with architects around um really around indiana that's where where i am starting there because i was working with ai indiana doing some membership development work and and having these conversations all around the state and then you know when i'd get to a national event or a regional event and having those same conversations where people were saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're, we feel like we're being commoditized. Fees are being driven down. Uh, the selection process is, uh, you know, it's involving more people. It's, it's ironically, it's slowing down, even though the pace of business is speeding up, mm-hmm. or at least that's what we think. Um, and, and we're losing projects that we never lost before. And, and we're being seen as being the same as everyone else. You know, we, our, our clients, our pros, our prospective clients think that we look the same and we sound the same and we act the same as everybody else. You know, that's, that's the perception from the other side of the table. So hearing, hearing those kind of comments over and over and over again led to presentations like this one commodity is as commodity does. And, and so the answer to why is it happening is, well, we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. You know, we, we have this idea that the speed of business or, um, you know, we're, we're not being valued. Well, well, we're, we're, we're actually the root cause of that. Um, when, when you hear those comments from clients or prospective clients, everybody looks the same, sounds the same, acts the same. There's a reason, you know, every, every stereotype of course has a, uh, has some bit of truth to it. And, and so when you start hearing that, you, you've got to really think about that. Why is it that I look and sound and act the same or, or our people in our profession? And so what it really comes down to on one level is what are we saying? Our, our clients are listening, they're hearing, but what, what is it that we're saying? Is it something, you know, going back to episode 140, you know, the story that you're telling is that story resonating with the client. And, and I would argue that no, most of the time it's not, especially if they, you know, if you're getting the look sound and act the same, it's not resonating with them. And one of the reasons is because we talk about ourselves. You know, we, we spent a lot of time in school. All of us in this profession spent five, seven, you know, eight years in school. 
in an environment full of architects. You know, we grew up in that, that environment. We learned the lingo, the jargon, et cetera. And that's how we learned to communicate. And the problem is the, the rest of the world doesn't communicate in that way. And so one of the, one of the big mistakes that happens, and this isn't, this isn't unique to architects. This is sort of a human nature thing. It's human nature fighting human nature. If we have an about us page on our website, we think that that page is actually supposed to be about us and it's really not. All right. Yeah. You know, when, when a prospective client, let's say if maybe, maybe some of the small firm architects on in, in the audience don't compete in the RFP and RFQ arena, but if you do, or even if it's just an interview, you know, right. a, a client is interviewing two or three or four architects and, and considering when when the client or selection committee wants to ask, you know, tell us about yourself, tell us about your work, something like that. They're not really asking about you. They're not. They, they, they say they are, but they're not. What they really want to know is what about what you do solves their pains and problems. And we spend so much time talking about, uh, well, architects deserve more respect. You know, we're not being valued. We, we talk about licensure. We talk about the fact that an IT guy is called a, a data architect, and and all those things are important. Yeah. I mean, there's there's legalistic uh, points to some of those, and you know th- those are important things. But we spend a lot of our time talking about that when we really ought to spend our time talking about how we're solving the problems, how we're solving the pains of the people that we want to hire us, and. When you start doing that, when you start focusing on them, when you start having the empathy to understand what the question really is, what their pains really are, and speaking directly to those, then you start to stand out because none of your competition is doing that. Um, so, so that's a lot of it. That's, that's a lot of the reason for commoditization. I mean, yes, the, the world is moving faster. Um, there are, you know, we could talk about things like, so much of the buying decision, 70% of the buying decision, and we don't like to call it that in architecture, but the selection process, I suppose, 70% of the selection process is made before they've even reached out to you. You know, they're doing the research on the internet, uh, talking to people, uh, doing their own research before you even get to have a conversation, before you even know that there's a project out there uh, that, that needs an architect. So, so much of that is done before they get to you. And when, uh, in this age where we think about the acceleration of business and it it is truly accelerating, you know, the, uh, the, um, the speed that technology is changing, the cost of technology is coming down, you know, it, it, it doubles and, you know, every, every few years and it, so it is moving faster and faster, but many times, the, uh, the speed at which decisions are made, the speed at which your clients are making decisions, whether it's a husband and wife that you're designing a home for, or it's a committee, uh, you know, the, the board of trustees at a church or a college or something like that. There are more and more people brought into the decision-making process and it slows it down. So it's a little bit ironic, you know, you've got this, um, you, you've got this, 
business speeding up, but then you've got decision making slowing down. And when you have more and more people um, in, in the decision making process, it's more and more important that you stand out in that conversation. And one of the things that we talk about is, you know, you talk about somebody like Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, right? And there's this, this quote by Jeff Bezos that says, your margin is my opportunity. That, that's a really interesting quote that I think really ought to terrify a lot of architects. Because you think about, um, you know, commoditization means you're not standing out. It means you're all looking the same. It means that you're really going to, you know, once nobody stands out and once uh, nobody is different, then really the last decision is is cost, right? Right. And that's what we're all complaining about, right? We're all complaining it's, that we're not valued and and we, we're not getting the fees that we really deserve. Right. And that's a right. direct result of being commoditized. It's, that's exactly right. It's, it's all tied together. And my comment would be, and I know there are some that will disagree with this, but if the conversation about cost comes up early in the process, then you're doomed. If that's part of your normal process where cost comes up early, your fees, not maybe not construction costs or whatever, yeah. but if you're, the discussion of your fees comes up early, then you have just walked through the commoditization door. And so when somebody like Bezos says, your margin is my opportunity, He's looking at that idea that nobody stands out anymore. Everybody's the same. So all you've got to do is you can click this one or click this one. Well, other people that looked at this, click this one, you know, that, that type thing. And, and don't get me wrong. If, if you want to compete on price, that's fine. It's yeah, just, that's, a, that's it's one a, model. Right. That's can a do model. That. It's just a different model. But if you, if you are concerned with value and higher fees and things like that, then you have to stand out. And so, you know, to tie it, tie it back to Bezos, I mean, here, here's a scenario to consider. In the next couple of years, let's say, a CEO will be sitting in her office and she'll speak to the Alexa, the smart speaker thing in her office, and she'll say, Alexa, I need a new headquarters building. Who should I call? Yeah, that's I mean, not that's, that's not far far from the truth and not not too far from the future. Right. I mean that that is the future. Yeah. That is that is going to happen. Not everybody's going to go through that process, but it is going to happen. And so if you're somebody that designs you know, corporate headquarters and there's a CEO out there somewhere that's asking that question, is your name going to come up? Is Alexa going to suggest that that CEO call you? That that's why the idea of commoditization should just terrify you. The the idea of the speed of technology and the changing in technology should terrify you. You have got to stand out. And that means that you've got to tell your story and you've got to tell it in a way that resonates with the brain. And that that essentially you you're you start that by by focusing on your website, right? For small firms. That's well you, for yeah, I, I think, yes, definitely, because, because I mean, you know, we talked about that 70% yeah. uh, of the research is done before they get to you. It'll, it'll be worse in the future. They're saying by 2020, it'll be 80% is done. So, yes, 
your website's important, your social media is important, all those things are important, but you've also got to think about what you're saying when you meet someone, you know, when someone asks, Hey, who are, who are you? What do you do? You know, do you say I'm an architect or, or is there another story that you're telling that's, that's related to their pains, to their, to their problems? Um, so, so really it starts with your story. It starts with your messaging. Yeah. So even you before know, getting, the website, getting, down. Absolutely. Get, getting the story right is, is the first step. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. We could not do this without them. So thank you, Arcat and FreshBooks. Are you ready for a summer trip to New York City? Well, Arcat is headed to New York, to the Big Apple, for the AIA Conference on Architecture this June, just a few weeks away. If you're headed there, if you're going to the Conference on Architecture, come visit the Big Red A at booth 707. Tell them that you are an Entree Architect and that you wanted to say hello. Booth 707 on June 21st and June 22nd at the Javits Center at the AIA Conference in Architecture. They will be there every morning serving coffee. I am there. They're, they're serving coffee every morning. So where else do you want to go? Just go to RCAT. And throughout the day, they will be having their BIM expert, Robert Wagen, explaining their new Revit plugin, BIMINIT. Okay, Revit plugin, Biminit. Robert's going to be there explaining all about it. Go check them out. Stop by booth 707 anytime throughout the, the conference to learn how RCAT.com can save you time and money finding all the product information for your projects. And yes, it's all completely free. Remember, just look for the big red A. Just look across the expo floor and you will see it. Trust me, you won't miss it. Check out the Big Red A. And to learn more about RCAT and how they can help you be more effective and more efficient as a small firm architect, visit them right now at entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial. I did exactly that. The same goes for tracking time, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's fast, it's easy, it's life-changing. And if you need help at any time, their free award-winning customer service is just a phone call or an email away. And if you ever have a second thought, don't worry. On top of your free trial for Entree Architect listeners, you get a free 30-day money-back guarantee. So you don't ever have to worry about choosing FreshBooks. You can give it a try for 30 days. Just visit EntreeArchitect.com FreshBooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's EntreeArchitect.com FreshBooks. Check them out to access your free, unlimited 30-day trial. RCAT and FreshBooks, please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. Do you have some, some suggestions on how to construct your story? I mean, are there specific steps that we should be going through? I know episode 140 talked about that a lot but maybe we can right. repeat some of that 
on how, how do you, how do, if story is the thing that's going to save us, if story right. is the thing that's going to keep us from being commoditized, uh, both individually and as a profession, then it's critical. We have to do this. Right. So, so where do we start? Right. So, so you can look at tools like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey and, and different storytelling structures that, uh, are out there, uh, that I, I wouldn't even say they're developed. They're, they're just understood. You know, somebody looked at, at storytelling at the storytelling process over history, you know, th- th- even, you know, back to the oral history of man and went, Oh, this is how almost every story is constructed. So, um, I, I think looking at story structure like that is really important, but I would even go back and start with understanding how these things resonate in people's brains. And again, this is, this is sort of the nexus of what I've been talking about and, and what RPG has been doing for some time now, understanding that even though the brain, our brains are incredibly complex and incredibly powerful uh, and, and very interesting, obviously, we really make decisions on a very basic and very simple level. And so think about the way that your prospective client um, interprets information. Let's say it that way, right? So there's a couple of scenarios. Someone someone calls you and says, I need someone to uh, build a new home, design a new home, custom home. And a lot of people will start talking about, well, we've, we've done 33 of these and, and we work in these areas and we've, um, you know, price range from this to that, uh, you know, they'll start giving information like how long the process is and things like that. And then eventually they'll ask the question, well, you know, what are you looking for in a home? You know, what is it? Why, why did you decide? And it usually, a lot of times it goes in that direction. you got all this high level thinking right up front or think about if you've ever been, you're working in an architecture firm and a product rep comes in, you know, he's, he's uh, uh, I don't know why I like to pick on Firestone building products. Hopefully they're not a sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the Firestone roofing guy c- comes in, wants to do a lunch and learn. And he sits down and you're already annoyed because it's, you're busy, right? And, um, you don't have that much time and he, he's going to give you the, the lunch and learn pitch. And he starts talking about their brand new eight mil white reflective TPO, you know, a certain weight and et cetera, et cetera. And your, your brain shuts off faster than, you know, than he can blink. And so the, the example is that we're giving all this, this high level information, high process information right out of the gate. And that, that kind of information is processed in the neocortex, that largest part of your brain that takes the most energy, the most, uh, uh, most calories to support, Mm -hmm. to keep it functioning. And so our brain doesn't want, it literally doesn't want to deal with that. It doesn't want to deal with it because at a very, at the very base level, you know, we've, we've all heard about the, the fight or flight level. So our brain gets information and it decides, is this, is this a threat to me? You know, is, is this something that threatens, threatens my existence? Yes or no. And if it's no, then, then maybe it asks another question is, is this something that's interesting to me on a very basic level? Is this something that I should consider? Is this something that interests me? 
And if it if it's too complex, the answer is no, because it doesn't have anything to do with me surviving. It doesn't have anything to do with me thriving. So no, an eight mil white reflective TPO roof does not interest me. It does not have anything to do with me surviving, unless I've got a project that's, you know, that's something that I can use right now. And so almost every time we approach these conversations from, uh, from the top down, you know, from, from high processing, uh, difficult information, and then eventually try to get down to the very basic, you know, well, why, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why that that's a great example. You know, we start up, we start up high and try to move down to why. Simon Sinek said, start with why. And that's exactly right. That's exactly the right model. You've got to start with the basic. You've got to start with the ideas that, um, that appeal to your clients at the very basic level. The things that, like I've said it, I think three or four times now that speak to your clients, pains and problems. When you can speak at that level, they're paying attention that snaps the brain to attention and goes, Oh, this is something I need to pay attention to. And then you can work on moving the conversation higher. You can move it to those more complex things, but it's a process. You start basic, you start low, literally speaking. And if you look at a diagram of the brain, but you start low and then you move high as, as the information becomes more and more, um, more and more complex. I, I think that the the idea of calories. You mentioned how your brain, yeah. if it's if it's a complicated process or something that's very high level, your brain is using more calories, and that's a very interesting way of looking at it. I've heard that before, and I think that when I heard that, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. That the more mm-hmm. calories that your brain is burning, the less likely they're gonna they're they're going to take the next step. So right. if you if you focus on trying to communicate your story at the most basic level. At, at the mm-hmm. emotional level, right. then then the the person that you're talking to or is reading what you've written um, will burn less calories and they'll be more interested in proceeding to the next level because yep. it takes less effort. And so by crafting a story around the emotions and the things that, that appeal to your client uh, rather than what you can provide in terms of features and bells and whistles that you have, um, you're going to attract that person, right? You're going to become more attractive and you're going to be able to, uh, be looked at. You're going to be able to get to the point where you will be able to differentiate yourself from all the others, uh, by, by getting, getting through this process. Because if you don't, if you don't hit them at the low level first and, um, uh, put up this big barrier of high calorie intake content, (laughs) They'll never get past that high calorie intake content. They'll click next and they'll go to the next website, um, or the next have the next conversation with the next person. Right. And so uh, I love that idea of thinking about messaging and brain power in terms of calories, actual energy burned to consume what you're creating. Right. Right. That and and that you know that leads a couple of couple of examples, I guess. It's, you know, again, we don't like to, in architecture, we don't typically like to talk about sales and buying decisions. We're, we're somehow, uh, we're somehow adverse to having those decisions, but, but people buy generally on emotion. People buy based on emotional decisions. 
And again, that's, that's that low brain, low calorie decision. And so here, here's an example. If, um, you, you know, our brain is very good at making very quick decisions and we do that every day, every day we make hundreds maybe thousands of decisions very, very quickly. And if we really sat down and thought about it, we'd say, that's fantastic. You know, what, what kind of function, you know, what kind of decision-making ability? And then we, the next thing we would do is analyze all those decisions and go, man, I make all these decisions really quickly. And most of them are really bad decisions, but they've, they've hit me at this basic level and I made a snap decision. So think about the idea I did with this. I did this with my son a couple of weeks ago. I said, if I, if I gave you a check for $1 million right now, or I gave you a penny that I would double every day for a month, which would you pick? And, you know, he's 15 years old. So he says, I want the million dollars. <laughs> Most adults, I shouldn't have sell them short for being 15. Most adults would say the same thing. That's right. right? Yeah. Hey, a million dollars, snap, right? That million dollars appeals to my needs right here, right now. I can make that decision, burn very few calories, take that check to the bank. Sorry, it's going to bounce, but, um, but you know, that million dollars helps me right now, but two pen or a penny doubled every day. You know, that's just that, that little copper thing that I found laying on the street. Right. But it's the wrong decision. It's a very quick decision. It's easy to make, but it's the wrong decision because that penny is a penny today and tomorrow it's two and the next day it's four and the next day it's eight. And after 10 days, that penny doubled every day is over $5. And after 20 days, that penny is over $5,000. And I usually use the example of a 30 day month because at the end of a, at the end of a 30 day month, that penny doubled every day is nearly $5.4 million. If I use the example of a 31 day month, it's almost $11 million, right? So that's an example of how, you know, I could ask that question to a hundred people and about 99 and a half of them are going to say, I'll take the million dollars. It's not to say we're making good decisions. We're making quick decisions. Yeah. And, and we're and making and emotional goes, decisions. Yeah. And it goes back to that calorie burning that, that the million exactly. dollars is really easy to, to calculate and to exactly. comprehend. It takes very little calories to say, okay, million dollars in my account equals good. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. penny doubled, then doubled, then doubled, then doubled, then doubled is going to require a calculator or a very smart brain. And right. will take tremendous amount of calories to burn, to calculate all those, to, to get to the point where, is that penny doubling going to be worth more than the million dollars? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so if, if we, if we bring this full circle back to an architect's marketing or architect's mm -hmm. yeah. storytelling, um, how do we apply that? What do we have to do in terms of that penny and that million dollars? Okay. So the, you think about, you know, I started earlier to talk about your about me page and everybody thinks that about me page is actually about me. Well, it's not, you know, most people's, most architects websites that you go to, you know, there's lots of great pictures, you know, photographs of, of great, uh, great work that they've done, great portfolio. Uh, and then there's a lot of information. 
you know, collaborative this, collaborative process, and, you know, this, that, and the other. There's a lot of information there. My brain gets to that page, and you mentioned this earlier. There's a lot of information there, and if it's if it's not – if it takes too much, if it takes too many calories for me to process that, I'm gone. I'm clicking on to the next. So think about the pages on your website. If we're talking about websites, think about the pages that someone's going to go to. It's going to be your, your homepage probably if they've Googled you or someone said, Hey, look up, you know, five cat studio or, or whatever they're looking up. It's going to be the homepage. So what information is on the homepage? Is it something that is specifically relevant to the pains and problems that your ideal customer, your ideal client has. If there's not something that appeals, that tells me right now, I'm on your, I'm on your homepage. If there's not a statement that says this person, essentially that says this person gets me, this architect gets me, then am I going to dig any deeper? Probably not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm eating a Snickers and I'm, I've got a few more calories to burn. So maybe I'll click on your about us page or about me page. And that's where I'm going to find that you've been in business for 23 years and you've got degrees in this and you've done this many homes and all, all this, all this stuff about you. And it's not about you. It's about me. Human nature says that again, fight or flight, you know, is this a threat to me? Is it not human nature says that. I am only interested in self-preservation on this very basic level, going back to the calories. If it burns too many calories, I may run out of food and die here, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the Sahara or, you know, wherever it is that, uh, that I've come from. So that about me page has to appeal to me, your ideal client on a very basic level. So think about, who your ideal client is, what their pains are. And I mean, I mean, very, very basic pains. Um, think about what their problems are and make your about me page about that. That that's one of the big mistakes is people spend people, architects, architecture firms spend too much time talking about themselves and not about their client and not listening, frankly, but, but not about, clients. It's like that person you run into at the Christmas party, the cocktail party, whatever, that uh, doesn't want to do anything but talk about themselves. You know, you, you, this has happened to you in the last month somewhere. You ran into someone, they talked about themselves, nothing else. And your brain literally shut down and said, how do I get out of this? <laughs> and on to the next conversation. That's what happens in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that will happen on your website. If you don't, or, or in the conversation that you're having with a potential right. client, that if you don't have your story figured out and your story needs to, like Jeff said, not about you, it's about them. So your story needs to tell a story about how you are going to be able to solve their problems um, at a very, very low level, like second or third grade level, right? I mean, it's like really low level. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's yeah, as low to, as you can go. It, it needs to be super simple. And so that's the takeaway for this episode. Go back to your website. Actually, craft your story so you know what your story is. How are you going to be able to uh, solve the problems that your target market has? Then how do you, in a microsecond, communicate that to a potential client that comes to your website? How do you do that in, in one sentence 
how do you solve the problem of your client? Because that's right. going to keep them on your site and they're going to want to look for the next step. And the next step is going to be to click the about me page or whatever you want to call it, you know, your story or whatever you want to call it. That next step is where your story can reside on your website. And that story should tell a story about how your client is going to succeed and benefit and have this wonderful life because of their interaction with you. If, if you want a humorous example of this, if, if you're a Farside fan, you know, Gary Larson did a, a two panel Farside. It's called uh, what we say to dogs. And so it's, you know, it's this guy talking to his dog and he, he says, uh, he says, okay, Ginger, I've had it. You know, you, you stay out of the garbage or else, you know, something like that. And then the next panel is, is what the dog hears. And all the dog hears is blah, 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 ginger, blah, 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 ginger. The dog didn't hear anything but its own name, right? And, and that's really not, not that we want to be comparing our clients to, to dogs, but um, that's really the way communication works. So, uh, so you've got to remember that. And, um, you know, you, you were just talking about the, the boiling it down on the about me page or the home page. I'll give you a hint. You know, when you talk about your, your client's biggest problems or biggest pains, it's not, I want a custom, I want a new custom home. Right. right. That's, that's not what their pain is. You have there's to some, there's deeper. some other reason. Right. Yes. You've go, got to dig go deep. deeper than that. Yes. And just and the, a great uh, a, a great practice uh, you can go through is just keep asking why. So why mm-hmm. do they want a new house? Well, maybe it's a new house because they want a bigger kitchen. Well, why do they want a bigger kitchen? Well, because they like to cook. Why do they like to cook? Uh, because they have a big family. Well, why do they have a big yep. family? Because they are loving and they want to have all this nurturing experience and they they like to have people come over and just keep asking why and why and why and keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's the story you want to get to. You want to get to that emotional level of why do they want the bigger house? Because it's going to make them feel, have a more loving home. They're going to have a healthier home. They're going to have a happier home. Um, They're going to have happier, healthier kids. You know, they're going to have better relationships with the other people that they invite into their homes. Those are the kind of things that you want to talk about. Those right. are the kind of things that they want to hear from you and will differentiate you from others. And, and truthfully, we're wrapping up. We need to wrap up because we're running a little bit long here. But, but the, the, the thing that I, I think is really important here is, is to take it back to the commoditization of our industry. I think it's your responsibility to do this because we need to succeed. That's why we've built Entree Architects because if we don't succeed as businesses and as architects, our profession is going away. There's others that are waiting to take it from us. And so we need to every single one of us, you listening right now, it's your responsibility to go back to your website and to build your story and to, and to, to not allow this commoditization to happen. The AIA is not going to fix this for us. Marketing is not going to fix this for us on television commercials. What's going to fix this is that you and I and Jeff and your friends all go back to their stories and their studios and their websites and their marketing materials and they, and they rework it so it, it differentiates us. So we're no longer a commodity, but we're actually uh, providing a valuable resource to the world. That's, that's exactly right. It, it is that responsibility and, and, it, and no, AIA, and this is not a knock on AIA. No, not at all. It's just not, it's, they're just not going to be able to fix it. Right. They're not going to fix it. And 
we've got to focus on thinking about and talking about our clients rather than being protectionist, rather than spending so much time. And again, all these things are important. Licensure, all, all those things are important. But if we're not talking about, if, if we're not talking about the value of architects, no one is. And if you're not demonstrating that value in a way that shows your potential client what your value is, you know, solving their pains and their problems, then, then it's hopeless. You're not going to win anybody over saying I had seven years of school and two degrees and health, safety, and welfare. Right. It's not going to work. Right. And the, and the design awards are not the value and even the pretty pictures are not the value. They are not. It's what you're, what, what our skills and our talents and our education allows us to do to transform their lives. That's what we need to get to. Jeff, thanks, thanks for, for sharing that. I, before we wrap up, I want to ask you the one final, final question that I ask everybody, and I didn't warn you about this, so you don't have anything prepared for this. But what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? The one thing a small firm architect can do today is understand exactly who their ideal client is and dig deep, like you said, um, dig deep into that client's, that ideal client's biggest pains and biggest problems and figure out how you solve those figure out how you talk about solving those for those clients. It's not about you. It's about them. That's the best thing you can do. Uh, revenue path is at revenuepathgroup.com. If everybody wants to go check out what they're doing there and learn more about, uh, the brain chemistry and, and storytelling, revenuepathgroup.com is the website. Jeff is active on Twitter. Jeff underscore Eccles, E-C-H-O-L-S. Anywhere else that you want to share? Instagram, Facebook. It's It's all Jeff underscore Eccles, right? Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, any other websites you want to share? No, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I like to connect there. I like to have conversations there as well. All right. Um, If you go to, go to, uh, Instagram, you're going to see a lot of baseball and color guard things. That's so. all good. That's all part of the story, right? <laughs> it is part of the story. <laughs> exactly right. So why don't you reach out to Jeff and thank him for being here today. Jeff, I appreciate you for being here and for sharing your knowledge, not only here on this podcast, but you're an active contributing member of the Entre Architect community from end to end. And I appreciate your support. I appreciate your friendship. And I appreciate you for being here. I appreciate you too, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks everybody out there. So I hope you like that episode. I hope you do because I I want you to share it. I want you to share this episode with a friend. Go tweet it out. Go put it on Facebook. Go send an email. Go tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, Entree Architect has a great episode with Jeff Eccles this week. Episode 221. That's the link. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 221. You know, you can share any link. By doing that, entrearchitect.com slash episode and whatever the number is, pop it in there and then send it off to your friends. This one is entrearchitect.com slash episode 221 with Jeff Eccles, the commoditization of the architect and some solutions on how to fix it. So send this one out right now, entrearchitect.com slash episode 221, 221. And Arcaspeak 
and Inside the Firm. Listen, Arca Speak and Inside the Firm. If you like Entree Architect podcast, you're going to love Arca Speak and Inside the Firm. These guys are my friends. These guys do fantastic work on their podcast. Super high quality, super valuable content. It is something that you want to do. So go to your, your podcast providers, whether you're on Insta- Instagram, whether you're on iTunes, or whether you're on Stitcher, or whether you're on your Overcast app, wherever you, wherever you have this stuff subscribed. First of all, punch the subscribe button for me. For, for Entree Architect, punch it right now so you get every episode of, of Entree Architect first. Then search up Arcaspeak and Inside the Firm and punch the subscribe buttons for them too. And listen to their episodes every week. They do a great job. They're talking about behind the scenes. Arcaspeak is sort of big picture issues. And Inside the Firm, they talk about the down and dirty of building an architecture firm from the ground up two great uh, podcasts. Go check them out. Arca Speak and Inside the Firm and our free, free, our free profit course. Have you downloaded this thing yet? What are you waiting for? This is going to show you step-by-step how to be profitable, how to build a thriving, profitable architecture business from the ground up. Go check it out. EntreeArchitect.com slash free course. EntreeArchitect.com slash free free course. Go download it right now. That's the last thing you need to remember. EntreeArchitect.com slash free course. It's free and it's going to show you how to make money. What else do you want? EntreeArchitect.com slash free course. My name is Mark R. LePage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long-term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, 
us? Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.